Hi everyone. <laughs> this is Gareth Davies talking to you all from sunny Auckland. And I've got um, John Drummond on the other end. John. Hi, Gareth. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, thanks. Good day, John. Sunny Gisborne. Yeah, Sunny Gisborne. So John here. John is the um, ex-president of uh, the Royal Astronomical Society and um, a luminary in the um, New Zealand astronomy scene. And uh, this is our first uh, episode of the Kiwi Astronomers podcast. And I hope you're going to enjoy it because I'm sure we are going to enjoy it. And if we enjoy it, then I'm sure you will enjoy it. <laughs> so anyhow, I understand that uh, John is going to enlighten us today about Jupiter. And I asked him about it the other day because I noticed how bright it was shining in the sky. And I wondered why it was quite so bright. So John, what's the story? Why is it up there looking so bright at the moment? Yeah, Gareth, um, for, for those listeners who have been looking to the east in, in New Zealand at, um, at sunset, you'll have noticed that there's a really bright star in the east, and, and that's actually not a star, it's the planet Jupiter. And as many of you will know, Jupiter is, is the largest planet in the solar system. And just at the moment, it's, it's, it's gone through what is called opposition, where if you drew a line from Sun through the Earth to Jupiter, that would be the shortest distance between the Earth and Jupiter. So at the moment, it's looking really nice and bright. And it's actually, we know it's opposition because we see it rising when the sun's setting. So yeah, it's a great thing to look at. What's the opposite of that? Um, that's conjunction and um, when it's on the other side of the sun. So so yeah, so, so people who look through a telescope at it or even with a pair of binoculars, will actually see the, the small disk of Jupiter. And you, you'll possibly see some three to four stars in a line on either side of Jupiter. And those are the, the four Galilean moons that go around Jupiter. And, and those moons are, are called Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. And those are the moons that Galileo Galilei looked at in December of 1610 through a telescope. And he, he, he actually saw them in a line. I think there's two on one side, maybe, and one on the other. And then about a week later, he had another look, and he saw that there were actually four moons sitting there. And he, he made sketches night after night, and he realized that these moons were actually orbiting Jupiter. Uh, going around it and and based on those observations he it, he it helped cement the copernican idea that the sun is the center of the solar system and the smaller things earth jupiter and all that go around the sun so galileo looked at jupiter with the moons going around it and thought hey those little things are going around the big thing the earth is small compared to the sun so maybe the earth is going around the sun just like those moons are going around jupiter Smart fellow. Mm. A, a friend of mine, uh, last night I looked out, there was the full moon and um, and uh, Jupiter was um, in conjunction with um, uh, with the moon. It's still looking amazingly bright. And a mate of mine um, texted me saying, I can only see three moons. Uh, where's the fourth? Right. Yeah, so what, what happens is basically the, the, the moon's orbit uh, the four moons, uh, 
I mean, Jupiter's got probably around about, oh, it's hard to find a definite figure in books and, and websites, but it's probably up to around about 80 moons going around Jupiter. But the four ones that we can see are those Galilean moons. Now, the, the closest one in um, to Jupiter is Io, and that, that goes around at once every 1.77 days. Whereas the furthest moon out, Callisto, that takes um, 16 days to go around. So between roughly two days to 16 days, depending on where the moon is out of those four, they'll be zipping around uh, and showing different uh, uh, variations as they line up. And some are actually behind Jupiter. Some might be sitting in front of Jupiter, um, occulting it. So it it's, it's depends on the time. I uh, read somewhere that uh, Ganymede is, in fact, the largest of all of the moons of all the planets in the solar system. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, G Ganymede has a, an all, um, a diameter of 5,270 kilometres, which, when you think that Mercury is actually 4,879, so roughly 4,800 kilometres for Mercury, and 5,300 for Ganymede, you'll see that Ganymede is actually bigger than the planet Mercury, oh, wow. which is quite remarkable. Yeah. Wow. And Mercury and Venus, they don't have moons. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why so, is that? Um, it's, it's it comes down to the um, formation of the solar system. What was what was around at the time? Uh, possibly things closer in towards the sun got pulled in um, oh, towards yeah. the sun. Maybe, maybe. Well, uh, I, I guess it's it's just the way things worked when the solar system was first formed. Like for our, mo our own moon, for example, astronomers believe that a Mars-sized planet about, oh, pretty around about 4 billion years ago, came in when there was a whole heap of material still left in the early solar system, came in and hit Earth, and basically the material that from Thea and Earth smashed out formed a ring around the Earth, and then over literally not too long, it formed the moon. And so that's where we got our moon. Is, it right, that, is it right that there was a, a, a Trojan moon? That, that is to say, a third, a second moon. And I read somewhere that it whacked into the back of the moon. That's why the back of the moon has got all those mountains. And Is that right? Yeah, there was yeah. certainly a major um, a, a catastrophic uh, impact on the other side of the moon mm. yeah it's it looks different for the for the for the um observational people out there who actually look at nature around you you will have seen that the moon actually just keeps one face towards the earth mm. we never see the back side of the moon the other side of the moon uh but the other side of the moon does look different basically not as many mare seas right and that's the thing I article I read said that something that the Trojan moon had splattered into the back of it. And, right. and that's why it was like that. But okay. one of the things you said earlier on about the fact that um, that uh, Jupiter, you can't keep up um, with how many moons it's got. You, and I, I, I found that when one looks at Google's these things, it's very difficult to, to get a, a, a finite figure or what might be a correct mm. figure. Because yeah. every site you go to gives a different figure. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's right. I, mean, I, I had this issue around um, Matariki, around the Pleiades, 
where I um, had a discussion um, uh, with my wife about how many, how many uh, stars there were in Matariki. And I looked at about five different sites and each site had a different number of, n- different number of stars. Yeah, it's very yeah. difficult to be to be precise, isn't it? That that, that that's right. For for the average sighted New Zealander, uh, they'll see from 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 Aotearoa, they'll see roughly six stars with the naked eye in Matariki. Yeah. Uh, if you if you if you have good sight, you might see the seventh star, but mostly six with the naked eye. But when you get into the delve into the cluster itself. There's this, you know, statements that there's literally 400 stars there, um, maybe a thousand, uh, if not more. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a German astronomer in Europe who uh, he he actually is. They state that he count, could count up to oh, something ridiculous, something like a dozen stars, and in, in the Pleiades uh, for him, it's known as the Pleiades. But think about this though that. The Pleiades would be would be directly overhead in Europe, whereas for New Zealand, it's way down, uh, basically not far above the northern horizon. So we've got a lot more atmosphere to look through, and so that atmosphere actually absorbs starlight, and we don't see as many stars. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, the fact rem- yeah, the same was with Saturn. When I checked out how many moons Saturn um, ha- had, I found every site. Um, said that they were set, gave a different amount. Yeah, yeah. The latest I read was um, eighty-eight moons going around Saturn. I, I guess the safest way is to go to a, a, a reputable journal and uh, read an article about you know the latest moon discoveries and so on, and that that will probably give a, a fairly indicative idea of how many how many moons there are that we know of at this stage. Yeah. But yeah, Jupiter Jupiter certainly is a, an interesting thing to look at. Um, uh, when you when you actually look at it through a telescope, I know you have been Gareth. You can actually zoom in the magnification, and you'll see you'll see the disk of Jupiter, and you'll see belts going across it. And Jupiter is basically a, a giant big hydrogen and helium ball. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 you know, base, and and it has a, a, an incredibly large magnetic. Magnet, magnet, magnetic field around it that extends out to Saturn, right. um, and it's, it's it's so large that if you if you pulverized all the planets, comets, asteroids, everything in the solar system except Jupiter, you could pour all of those into the top, take the top off Jupiter, and pour them all in, and they wouldn't even half fill Jupiter. Wow, that's how massive Jupiter is compared to um, the rest of the the planets. <laughs> How come it? How come it's so much more massive than than everybody else? Why is it, it probably formed when it was forming? It probably formed in a in, a, in a, an area of the um, the protoplanetary disk where there's just a lot of material, a lot of gases further out uh, from the inner solar system. You'll you'll notice that the inner planets are, are rocky: Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, basically formed from from rocky material and so on. Uh, whereas the Outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, are gaseous planets, and that's where the gas was residing in the early formation of the solar system. Now, good old Jupiter just happened to form in the right place, uh, and it's probably got a core, a rocky core, about the size of the Earth, about 11,000 kilometres across, but it's incredibly compressed. 
so that it's um, it's 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 about has about eight times the the mass of Earth. So that's quite a strong gravitational ball to go around, and it's kind of like uh, making candy floss. If you put a little little uh, toothpick in there, you might get a little bit of candy floss. If you put a big rugby ball in there into the candy floss machine, it's going to scoop up heaps of candy floss. And that's what it did with the hydrogen and helium. It got a lot of the hydrogen hydrogen and helium in the outer part, which formed around the core. But but we've we have got um, um, an iron core right in 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 the Earth. And I read the other day that. Um, that Mars has got a an even a larger iron core than they imagined. How, you said that Jupiter has a rocky core, not an yeah, iron core. It's 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 uh, astronomers are still debating about what is in the in the in the center of of um, Jupiter. Uh, they base this on uh, probes, uh, looking at probes, and also how flat Jupiter is compared to be a to a perfect circle. Jupiter's actually rotating so fast. One day on Jupiter is nine hours and 50 minutes long. It's spinning so fast that it's actually bulging at the sides. And talk about middle-age spread. And basically, um, from that, observations from probes and, and so on, a lot of maths from scientists, they, they think that, yeah, in the centre, it's probably got a core and of rock, but, you know, there, there probably is metal in there, in there too, uh, the jury is still slightly out on that one, but there is something there that was the catalyst for the hydrogen and helium to form around in the early solar system. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the names of those moons of Jupiter, Io and, and Ganymede and Callisto, how, how did, do you know anything about them? Who gave them? I, I did read somewhere that, that um, Galileo, he named um, Ganymede, is it the largest one? He, he called it Jupiter three. That seems a bit boring, but then, <laughs> but then they they changed it in the in the in the in the nineteen hundreds, and they gave it the name um, Ganymede. Was was the IAU, uh, you know, um, or the equivalent of operating back in the day? Yeah, the IOU came into, into being in the 1930s from memory, who are the International Astronomical Union, basically the police of astronomy around the world. They came into formation in the 1930s. So um, it was just convention back in the time to name planets and other things after Greek or Roman gods and so on. And, and basically these these planets here, uh, the moons of Jupiter, yeah. got named after after the, you know those di deities. Nice names, don't you think? Khalifa yeah. and Ganymede. Much, and, nicer and, than, much nicer than Moon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moon is so boring. It is, it is. Um, but the amazing thing about these moons is the astronomers, they, NASA sent the probes to Jupiter to investigate Jupiter, and they basically discovered the moons. Uh, they discovered, like on Io, it's, it's, it's the most volcanic uh hunk of real estate in the solar system. It's got over 400 volcanoes on Io. 
So it's always belching out lava and material and so on. And, and the surface has constantly been being um, recovered uh, with, with material. So it really is a volcanic um, nightmare, really. And then you've got um, then you've got Europa. Now the amazing thing about Europa is that it's it's about three thousand one hundred kilometers across. They think that it's got a an ice crust around it that is about a couple of kilometers thick, and then below that is water, and then below that is a, a core, a rocky or iron maybe core. Um, and they the reason that it's got liquid water is it's actually being uh, squeezed by Jupiter and by the other moons as they go around. They pull one direction, Jupiter pulls the other. It's kind of like uh, if you had a, a ball of, of blue tack, you could put the blue tack by the heater and leave it there for 10 minutes and you come back and that, that ball of blue tack, say it's a cold day when the blue tack is just really hard, come back and the blue tack is nice and soft and all that because it's been by the heater. But with with Europa, it's so far away from the sun, it should just be a frozen ball of ice with a rocky um, part at the bottom. But no, how do you get blue tech warm? You actually squeeze it and push it and so on with your hands. Your melt is malleable. So you're pushing it, squeezing it, pushing, squeezing, squeezing. And then with the motion of the atoms, basically, you're warming it up. Oh, and that's yeah. just what's happening on Europa. You've got the, the, the moons of... Um, Jupiter pulling it, other moons, Io, Ganymede, and Callisto pulling it, and Jupiter also pulling it and squeezing it and so on. It's, and like, so, that th it's like the thing you get for your hands um, these days, hand warmers, and you just rub them like that, and then they suddenly get they suddenly get heat. Have you ever seen those? No, I haven't, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You go like that, and then suddenly your hands are warm. Anyway, oh, nice. That, that Good for astronomy, Gareth. What? Good for astronomy. Yeah. <laughs> I got other things to do in my hands then. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I often tell people when I'm out and, and we, we're looking at the moons of Jupiter that, um, that in fact, our moon is, is quite similar in size to some of Jupiter's moons. And if, and if one was standing on Jupiter and one looked at Earth, we would see our moon just like uh, like one of Jupiter's moons. Yes, yeah, that's right. For the for the Galilean moons. Now, okay. Jupiter's got a whole heap of other moons, but they're basically just small potato-shaped um, objects, captured asteroids and so on. Right. The biggies, like you say, uh, they're all pretty much larger than our own moon. The only one that isn't is, is Europa. Our moon is roughly around about 3,500 kilometres across in diameter. Uh, Europa is 3,100 kilometres. But all the rest uh, are pretty much bigger than, than our moon, especially that one you said at the start, which was Ganymede, at 5,300 kilometres. It's a whopper. So, so I read somewhere, and I hope I'm right, because I've been telling people for a while now, that our moon is the fifth largest moon of all the um, uh, solar planet moons, and that the first one is Ganymede, then the next one is on um, is um, Titan, Titan, and then the next two are, um, are back with Jupiter, and then our Moon. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so I think I think that is right from memory. That's right. Yeah. Interestingly, when you look at Saturn, you can sometimes see what looks like a second Moon, but maybe that's a star behind it. Would that be right? 
No, there there are a number of um, moons, other moons that you can see with with from Earth, um, you know, with Saturn. Um, and um, but of course the big one is Titan, yeah. uh, which has the has the well they've discovered lakes there and 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 so on. But no, some of the, some of the other moons are fairly bright for us, those who know astronomy. Some of them are a magnitude um, ten, um, magnitude twelve, and and so on. So so not beyond the reach of of a modest telescope. Um, so, you can, yeah, you can when you them. say a modest telescope. Do you mean an eight-inch telescope? Yeah, something something like an eight-inch. But of course, set the problem with Jupiter and Saturn is they're so bright, and these moons are so close to them, they can be overpowered by the glare. It's, it's quite interesting if we actually got rid of Jupiter, which we don't want to. But if Jupiter suddenly disappeared, we could actually see the four Galilean moons of Jupiter with our naked eye. Really? Bright enough. Yes, that's right. Yeah, just we'd just see them on the on the verge of the visibility, but we would see them. But the problem is, is that Jupiter is so so bright; it's actually overwhelming um, the them in, in the glare. So so we need telescopes or binoculars at least to um, to actually see them. And well, and sorry. Yeah. Whenever I see um, uh, Jupiter and then I see Saturn, I'm always really sad that they're not the other way in the other positions if you know what i mean it would be so wonderful if saturn was only 650 million kilometers away and jupiter was 1.2 because then we would just we would just see um saturn's rings looking that much more wonderful wouldn't we that's that's right yeah we would it would be um really quite amazing astronomers use the term astronomical unit and basically, it's the distance between the Earth and the Sun. The, the mean distance between the Earth and the Sun is, is one astronomical unit. To, Jupiter is actually five astronomical units away. So five times the distance, um, you know, basically the Earth-Sun distance, or four, four times further out um, than Earth. Saturn is 10 astronomical units. So basically double the size, the double the distance to Jupiter um, is where Saturn lies. So yeah, if it was sitting right where Jupiter is, it would be um, truly magnificent. But it still is really nice, though. Oh yeah, it's still. But imagine it, imagine it. Wow, wouldn't that be something to see if it was that close in? I always think. Yeah. Because, because Jupiter, when you're showing it to people, the people people love to see both of those, but they only ever really go wow about Saturn. That's that's right. Um, yeah, now and again, if you ramp up the magnification, if it's a steady night when the the atmosphere is still, uh, you can then see quite a quite a few belts and and zones on on um, on Jupiter, and you might see the Great Red Spot, a storm that has has been seen on Jupiter for since 1662. It was Robert Hooke, who was an English scientist, who was the first person to actually discover it. So. And since 1662, there's been this, this giant red storm on Jupiter. And it varies in size from three times, well, you can fit three Earths comfortably into in it, to at times it's smaller, you could fit one, one and a half Earths in it. So that storm has lasted there for about, oh, I don't know, about 350 years or so. Wow. So um, sometimes on a good night, you can see that through a telescope. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I've got an eight-inch scope, and I, I struggle to see that, I must be honest. Everybody always asks me, can you see it? And, and frankly, maybe it's my eyesight. 
I can always see the lines, of course. Yes. And those lines, what's the story with the lines? The lines are basically, Earth has, has a couple of jet streams in it going around it in the upper atmosphere. Jupiter has, uh, from memory, about 40 jet streams going, going around it uh, in opposite directions often. And those jet streams are what gives, gives us the, the parallel lines that we see on, on Jupiter, the belts and so on. So when you look at Jupiter, you'll see that there's some dark belts. Those are actually clouds that are lower down in the atmosphere and slightly right. warmer. But then you'll see, um, you might see a brown belt here, and then a brown belt here. And between it, just here, oh, oh can't see it on the screen. Um, you'll see a white belt between those. Those are actually the upper zones, and that's where it's higher, colder, and there's ammonia, ice, and so on in those crystals, and that's what makes it appear white. So the upper, when you look at Jupiter, you'll see the dark bands. Those are lower down in the atmosphere, roughly 100 kilometers lower. Right. Uh, and then you'll see the, the white zones, and they're very roughly 100 kilometers higher, um, and those have got the ice crystals. Okay, so it's it's about temperature then. That's right. Yeah, and, and wind, um, the 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 way the winds go, that they, the um, NASA in nineteen gee, um, uh, NASA sent a probe there, and it actually went into into Jupiter, but sent back data for not fifty eight minutes as it was plowing into the atmosphere of Jupiter into the clouds. And it sent back a lot of information. And one one thing it found was that the winds, as it was sinking down, got a bit got stronger, and they were about um, roughly around about 460 kilometers an hour. The winds con were fairly constant as you got down. So there, there, there's pretty strong winds um, in the atmosphere of in the in the clouds of Jupiter. I'm getting a call oh. from a friend of mine here, but I won't answer it. Oh, maybe it's a, a, a question from a, a listener. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, I'll, I'll talk to him now. I'll put you on the speaker. Speak it out now. Yeah, yeah I've got I've got you on the on the speaker. So give us the question, Rich. So I'm looking, I think I'm looking east now, sort of uh, east, sort of, yeah, east, southeast. And there's a big bright star above the moon about two inches well I'm not in my back garden upwards higher so the project star in the sky at the moment eastward oh I'm not the name of the star okay now you're online to John Drummond who's the um, past president of the Royal Astronomical Society so this is Richard calling from from West Auckland and he wants to know what that is can you explain to him John yeah, sure, Richard. You should have um, tuned into our podcast earlier on. We've just been <laughs> talking about all this. But no problems, Richard. Um, now, basically what you're seeing is you're seeing the planet Jupiter. And um, it's, Jupiter? It's, yeah, it's Jupiter. So have you got a pair of binoculars, Richard? Yeah, I have. I have, yeah. I've got a telescope, but I, I can't get it out to see very the moment, but I'm sending it all. Yeah, I'm going to get my telescope out. It'll be higher in the sky in about half an hour. Yeah, it will be. And then the That's right. Is, is bright, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's Jupiter. So, so when you look through your telescope, or, or even with a reasonably power, powerful pair of binoculars, you'll see you'll see there's a couple of stars either side of it, and those are the moons of Jupiter going around it. So, um, so is it, Jupiter's like, actually. Yeah, it's, I, the last time I saw it, it was the other side of my house, which is when it was in conjunction with Saturn. You know, it was um, a little, about a month or two ago. You know, it was really good, but. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Thanks for, the, thanks for that, John. Yeah, yeah no, no, that's fine. Continue what? listening to our show. 
and uh, and uh, you know tell your friends about us. Um, it's called the Kiwi Astronomers. Cool, I'll put it on now, mate. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. I want to put it on. Yeah, that's right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So there you go, our first live call-in, and you were able to answer the question. Nailed it. Nailed it, John. <laughs> well done. Well done man. You know, you weren't flustered. I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson down at the Spark Arena, never flustered. In fact, he was better when he was when he, they're asking him questions because... It um, gave him a great opportunity to show how clever he was. Right. <laughs> and as Gorvidal said, what's the point of knowledge if you can't pass it on to everyone? Mm. So there mm. you go. So this has been good. Uh, by the way, have you got any surfing in this week? Uh, no, not with COVID-19. Oh, so, um... I was just testing. I was just yeah. test. I, yeah. hope that, I hope that Ashley and Jacinda are not listening in. Or I hope they are, because they'd be very pleased to hear that nobody in Gizzy is surfing. Well, I don't know if any, anyone is. Uh, I've been looking on the webcam. This, there's a webcam with Gisborne's waves on it, and I'm trying to be seeing if anyone has gone out. Hopefully not, because um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's always great to adhere to the rules and um, not put it lies well at risk said, and so well on. Said. Well said. Are you reading that off a card? I can tell. Well said. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I, uh, one of our dark sky Waiheke Island uh, people who lives on the eastern end, uh, she sent a picture of um, a, an Auckland yachty being being captured by the Diodar, which is the um, the the police launch, um, and no doubt being sent back uh, to Auckland. They're obviously uh, trying to make it for one of the one of the islands in the Gulf. Uh, and they've yeah. been sent back to Auckland, so um, yeah. it's good to know that we're all adhering to the to the rules. That's but right. Okay, this was this was good. So we'll be on again sometime soon in the future. I'm going to play us out now. Here we go. Okay. Take me to Callisto so I can see the stars. I want to view the Milky Way from a terraform base on Mars. From a terraform base on Mars. From a terraform base on Mars.